Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about digital marketing managers, how you can, can handle the process, control, and lead uh, many digital marketers in the right direction. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Johnny Luck. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Anatoly. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's a big pleasure. I check out your LinkedIn profile. You have extended experience. Before we start, just tell about yourself, your background, and why you decided to take this topic. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is John Luck. I've been working in digital marketing for over 10 years now, um, mainly at kind of large B2B organizations. Uh, and then last year I started my own company, Lucky Promotion. Uh, we started working with a lot of smaller organizations. And so I've got experience of like working with two-person startups and then some of the largest employees in the UK as well. Mm. Can you tell what is the main difference between uh, big and small companies? Uh, for example, uh, from my experience, I can feel that uh, small companies have no experience with digital marketing and uh, you need to set up the whole process. But big companies, uh, in most cases, they have marketers. How you can help them? How you can provide something new that, that they can't do it? I tell you... Um... A lot of the differences with a big company, there's a lot more bullshit. Whereas a small company, all they care about is increasing revenue. So it's it's very easy to get to the bottom of what they want. They want increased revenue and you've got to find the most effective channels to do that. Whereas large companies, you sometimes find problems actually finding out what is the purpose of the activities that they're undertaking. So that is always the first the first um The first thing you have to undertake when working with digital marketers, you have to understand what is the outcome that you want and then how are we going to measure that outcome? Because too often, you know, I've worked in in-house teams and they've briefed in digital marketing agencies and they've come back with reams and reams of reports and it's really hard to find out, you know, what was the important thing that we're looking at from this campaign because we've got impressions, we've got clicks, we've got likes. You know, and it's just where is the relevance for this for my business? So sometimes that's harder in larger organizations because there'll be a number of different goals that they're trying to achieve. But trying to get to the real core of it is something that I specialize in doing and trying to cut through all of the sort of corporate nonsense and get to, you know, what are we trying to achieve? How are we going to measure it? Uh, what's good going to look like for you at the end of this kind of period? Mm -hmm. Uh, can you share your tools? How do you measure uh, results? Or uh, I, I think it's in most cases we need to measure the future results, yes? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what tools do you use and how you predict that? Because, for example, SEO is an unpredictable game. You know, it's hard to know what results we will get. Uh, can you tell? Uh, I think in paid marketing it's much simpler. Can you tell your experience about that? Yeah. So, I mean, you can never get all the results from one tools. And that is what mm -hmm. a number of digital marketers try and do. They try to report everything in, um, you know, one specific place. And there's all, all these vendors tell you, yes, you can report everything with our tool. And like, it's nonsense. You can't, you can't do it. So with the smaller organizations that I work with, I generally, I set up tracking using Google Tag Manager. So we've got a number of results happening in Google Analytics. But then, um, I mean, yeah, for the, 
small companies, the main thing that they normally need is something direct to pick up business and using Google ads is a very effective way of doing that. So we'll have some results from Google ads, some results from Google analytics, but then the main kind of results that we look at is uh, the number of quotes that they're getting and the amount of the quotes and the, uh, the revenue that's being made. And I have access to um, a few of my clients accounting software so that we can report everything from the performance in the Google ads, then the performance on the website through Google Analytics, and then the overall results through their accounting software. And that's the number way, one way to do this. Um, you know, obviously some companies have different sort of models and I work with a number of government suppliers as well. Um, so uh, often they'll be generating thing, uh, they'll be generating revenue through um, memberships or they'll just be looking at the, you know, the, how informed their their um, their audiences, and we'll be doing that through some of the events that we've set up on the on the analytics through uh, Google Tag Manager, and then also through um, whichever kind of automation software they're they're looking at to kind of track the uh, engagement. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah i agree with that you know it's better to use a bunch of tools uh okay let's uh get back to the main topic uh how to manage uh digital marketers for example from my experience uh, i often uh you know when i check out uh marketers to my company i, I wanna uh, get a specialist in one direction for example uh, they can be good with uh, link building or outreach or uh, on page or technical seo uh because it's hard to get uh someone who knows everything but i when i check out requirements or from many big companies they usually ask you need to handle pay-per-click seo social media content creation a lot of stuff uh for me it's jack of all trades yeah you can't be successful yeah. everywhere uh can you tell how do you handle uh different marketers uh, and uh, understand that they provide uh, high quality job for your customers. You know, with everything, you want to find out one, what the, what your digital marketers are specifically interested in doing, what they feel comfortable taking on, what they'd like to learn. And then uh, the, the things that they're not so keen on, you know, don't try and put pressure on them to learn these sort of activities, you know, you just focus on your strengths and outsource the things that you're not so good at. But um, from a kind of management perspective, again, it's looking at the outcomes, what are the outcomes that we want from each of the channels, and then stay laser focused on those outcomes and challenge your marketing team, um, your marketers to achieve those goals, rather than um, trying to get involved in knowing every area and dictating what people are doing in the specific channels. You know, you've employed these marketers, if they uh, saying that they're confident with these tools, you know, you just choose the outcomes and then allow them to kind of show their expertise in the specific channels. I think that's the the best way to do it. And yeah, so everything that I promote, it's always around purpose, you know, understanding deeply what the purpose is of the activities that you're doing and then empowering your team of digital marketers to fulfill that, satisfy that purpose in whichever way that they feel best.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I, I want to share insights from my company. For example, in 2012, when I started my SEO agency, uh, I hired a team of copywriters. They wrote about everything. Today, it doesn't work. Uh, and uh, I changed the approach uh, to have a team of editors, you know, because yeah. uh, uh, copywriters can't know everything. Of course, it's better to cooperate with experts. And editors can uh, simplify this text uh, for user interest for user experience something like this can you tell your approaches for example uh, if you have a customer and you know from my experience i often uh, have this even with big companies for example right now um, i i help one big company in the us uh, to promote their application uh, to get SEO traffic it's interesting company is so big but uh, they don't have writers they have no experience with blog writing and told me please help us uh i replied to them we need to find experts uh, who know the topic i usually search them on linkedin on up for can you tell uh, from your perspective or experience how to find uh, people who will write text uh, and uh, uh, can help clients uh, yeah to provide so in, in terms of um in terms of finding expertise within your own company, um, I would always try and find out the people that have the most contact with your end user, you know, the sales teams, the customer support teams, and just find out the questions that your um, your specific uh, user is actually asking and try and answer the questions through your web content. And obviously, like, you know, you want it to be optimized and you can use... Um, use a number of like search to, uh, keyword search tools. I mean, the one that I use is Uber Suggest, just because I find it, it's very cheap. So um, yeah, you know, you, you want to sort of get, get the questions that your customers are asking, asking and then answer them through your web content. And then you can kind of, you know, the questions that you're going to answer, you want them to be somewhat guided by your keyword research. But then once you're getting traffic to the page, you want to start looking in your search console and seeing the kind of things that you're actually ranking for on each one of your pages and then trying to amend the strategy based on based on that. So, it's, you know, you're looking at your, your keyword research tool is kind of looking at what's happening in the market, but then within search console in each of the specific page options, you can find out, you know, what is happening on your site already, which is the most useful data for me. Um, yeah, uh, I suppose that's so. I don't know if I've answered your question there, but uh, yeah, got into it. Yeah, um, uh, let's talk about Google Search Console. When you check out a new website, you know the traffic. What is the next step? Uh, do uh, uh, for example, when I check out Search Console, uh, I'm looking for pages where I can get more traffic. For example, I got a client uh, and uh, he uh, had, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, 100k uh, uh, people per month, not bad, you know, yeah, good traffic for weight loss supplements in the US, and we increase this traffic uh, by uh, improving content and uh, link building for pages that have traffic, you know, we just uh, get higher ranking positions. Can you tell more, how do you uh, analyze Google Search Console and, uh, pro- uh, and, yeah, and provide tasks for uh, marketers? Yeah, so Google Search Console is not one of the primary tools that I use. I'm more Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics, but like I do use Search Console somewhat. And um, you know, if you export the kind of reports that you're getting on each one of the pages, then you'll find the total number of um, impressions that that 
that is getting and then your current ranking for each each one so you, you want if, if there's pages that you'll say ranking you know uh, 11 say or 11.5 because it gives you an average doesn't it of uh, where you're showing up and and you can see that it's got a high number of impressions for that search then that's something with not too much work because getting from 11 to number nine might be a big difference in the amount of clicks that you get for that specific term. Um, and not using Uber suggests you can find out specific search, um, specific, specific questions kind of related to that, that particular term. And I like to use the format of answering questions through your web content. I think it works very well um, in terms of SEO and in terms of the user experience. So I'd look up the questions related to that term and then try and, um, yeah, build, you know, build them into that, you know, enhance the content on that page. And then, you know, as a kind of further strategy, perhaps build, you know, maybe more kind of blog posts and uh, other related content around that single page, all linking back to that page to try and build a kind of content cluster around that area. I think that's a strategy that I would employ. Uh, you mentioned two times Uber suggests. Uh, <laughs> I need to reach out to Neil Patel and ask him. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we are talking about your tool. <laughs> yeah, uh, ask him. I mean, he, he he's he's more of an expert in this area, I expect. But there are obviously other tools, SEM Rush, Moz, and like yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, I think Uber suggests is cheaper than uh, SEMrush or Ahrefs or Moz. Uh, yeah, these tools are great. I think all tools have advantages and disadvantages because Neil Patel started from a uh, uh, raw tool, you know, that was not uh, a lot of features, but right now he developed and innovated many features. Yeah, and we have much better tool today. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about creating a uh, content plan. For example, uh, when you check out uh, keywords, when you know, uh, um, the, when you have this list of keywords, what's, uh, what is the next step with, uh, to, yeah, to, to work with these keywords? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't do the keywords as the first step. Again, if mm -hmm. possible, okay. like speak to the sales team, the customer service team, find out what your end user is in, really interested in. Because as much as um, you know, using uh, search tools is a great way to research, um, the most specific to you is going to be from your business. Um, you know, so you know actually what your customers are looking for. And then kind of getting that, that information, that input from your sales team or from your customer services team, and then trying to get that and reference the kind of keyword research um, in order to, you know, get something that's really like optimized for, uh, for search and yeah, for, for your website. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, uh, I want to ask about uh, uh, keywords. For example, you have a list of keywords. If you uh, search on Uber Suggest, you get a list of, uh, of keywords. But uh, each page uh, has uh, uh, different user intent. Uh, and uh, how to group them, how to choose which keywords to use for specific pages. Uh, and uh, yeah, provide your insights about that, about grouping and uh, clustering them. Yeah, so um, as I said, like if you use kind of, uh, you know, you, you kind of want to use the kind of external stuff that you're getting from your uh, search tool, but then kind of comparing that against what you're already ranking for. So you can see what where the gaps are, you know, and you want to focus on the ones that you think are going to be the quicker wins, perhaps, 
um, rather than if you're ranking number 100 on something and it has a really high search volume currently, that's going to take you a lot of work to get onto the first page. Um, so perhaps that's more of a long-term project rather than your kind of quick wins, which are the ones you want to focus on now, which would be, you know, the ones say you're, you're, you're ranking currently on page two. Um, yeah, those are the ones that you want to focus on, like, first off anyway. I think mm -hmm. or, I mean, if you're looking at kind of more general, I mean, like most tools, they provide you a kind of keyword difficulty. So you want to see the ones that have the higher volume and the lower difficulty, again, as that's the kind of low-hanging fruit, as it were. And, yeah, prioritize those ones uh, over the kind of harder sort of keywords. Yeah, I usually ignore uh, difficult keywords because yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we need uh, a lot of uh, external links <laughs> to get yeah, yeah. Uh, these positions. And if, if these keywords are overwhelmed, why I need to uh, compete with big brands, especially if we have limited yeah. budgets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, some uh, specializations in marketing. Uh, how how is big your team and uh, what kind of marketers you have or uh, uh, what kind of services do you provide for your clients? Okay, so for Lucky Promotion, it is me on my own and I outsource um, mm -hmm. some of the work to, you know, I've got a designer that I work with because design skills are not something that I possess. Uh, and I've got another kind of, uh, there's an agency that I work very closely with. Sometimes I outsource the paid work to them as well um yeah but i think ideally you need in a marketing team you've got three main skills so it's um you know you've got sort of campaign implementation so people who can use you know automation software can use google adwords can use uh you know different uh kind of social ad platforms you know it's really important you have someone to actually do the work um then you need like an analyst someone who can kind of set your goals in Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics. And I like to think that's the area that I'm strongest in, though. Obviously, I have a lot of experience in the campaign implementation as well. And then thirdly, you need someone to design uh, your campaign, which is, yes, that's the area that I'm weakest in and I need the most support in. Um, but, you know, getting, like, um, creative that, that resonates with, with your audience. So, I mean, because that isn't my strong point, you know, I've, I've learned how to write a brief to describe the things that I want, the feelings that I want to elicit from my specific advert or my video or whatever's being created for me. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's important, you know, to know, know where you're strong and where maybe you're not so strong and you need some, need some help. And the areas that you do need help, you know, make sure you're good at providing a concise brief because I've seen, like, the worst briefs go into designers. Um, and then they, the thing that they get back is not what they wanted. And, uh, you know, I just think, what did you expect? You know, mm -hmm. so speak in the language they want as well. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Okay. Uh, can you tell uh, which channel do you like more, uh, paid marketing or uh, organic reach? You know, it's different different purposes, isn't it? Um, you know, if if you need if you need something quick for, I mean, especially with the smaller businesses that I work in, um, you know, pay per click is my my favourite channel for them because it's quick, it's easy, you can see results, you know, nearly straight away. Um, whereas if you're working with the larger organisations, you know, some, I mean, 
especially with larger organizations, when you do this kind of research, the keyword research and you start putting in the questions in, um, you know, the, the, the pertinent questions that are relevant for your user, you can see your pages explode. And that is, you know, that's so satisfying, more, more satisfying than any of the paid campaigns that I've got for the larger clients. So it really depends on the, in, on the situation. And I mean, one of the things, um, that I was really proud of to see, um, it was with a large organization was the kind of email marketing campaign where we took it from kind of a company newsletter where we used to announce things to our audience. And then we moved it to a place where it was somewhere that it was far more personal. It was about providing value to them. And I think people started to see it as like useful tips and tricks for them to be doing their job. And I just felt that that was such a worthwhile thing because email is a channel that a lot of people say email's dead. Don't they? Every so often you see it on LinkedIn, but um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not. People still check their emails. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. I think uh, email marketing, uh, um, if I remember correctly, uh, according to a few studies, that email marketing uh, costs 44 times less than uh ah no no, no. Uh, it's like uh, uh with email marketing uh, you invest one dollar and can get uh, 44 dollars something like this <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it's, it's just it's, it's an effective channel there's so few ways that you can communicate in a personal way with your end user um yeah and it, it, it's yeah it's, it's still great <laughs> Yeah, it's only hard to get these emails <laughs> to your yeah. email list. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, by the way, if you want to uh, increase your email uh, list, it's better to uh, to provide uh, some feeling that you will share value with your audience because yeah. people don't subscribe if they don't feel to get this value. Uh, never, never, don't buy any list, just, <laughs> just yeah. uh, do it organically. You know, you can replace with uh, ebooks. Uh, 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 key studies or anything else just yeah think, provide value i think like the the people that i uh, follow their e- email newsletters are people who have built personal brands for themselves you know people like Rand fishkin uh, neil patel i keep mentioning him um uh, Anne handley you know those are the people that is building your personal brand that's how you be able to because those, those people they just put have a sign up on their website and Lots of, I mean, those ones are marketers, so it's specific to me. And I've heard of them. I heard that they're kind of sharing best practices. So I went straight to their website and signed up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I, I, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I like to read emails from Rand Fishkin because, uh, um, uh, you know, um, I feel it's personalized, you know, when I yeah, read them. Yeah. yeah, because he can write uh, uh, for a person, not for a crowd. And yeah. uh, when you read these emails, you can f- get this feeling. Uh, it's like uh, he, he shares stories, but simple, straightforward stories. Uh, it's interesting to read. Uh, it's life, you know. Uh, I, I don't know about uh, New Patel because I'm not a big fan to subscribe to any uh, newsletters. I usually uh, use feedly.com where I can check out all uh, blogs uh, because uh, I have no time. I have many other emails <laughs> and people usually get 320 emails a day. It's a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, to get uh, all these emails. Uh, but I like emails from Rand Fishkin because <laughs> of these uh, stories, you know. Uh, I don't need to use even SparkTorx just to read these emails. Uh, I remember the, the last time um, I got something like this uh, from uh, 
uh, Joe Sugarman. Yeah, uh, he was one of the best marketers. Uh, and uh, he uh, shared what you need to do to write text that people want to read uh, uh, the entire end, you know, to get everything from your text. Uh, and Trent Fishkin can do it, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about um, helping customers uh, to fill some gaps. For example, um, I, uh, when I tell my clients, you need to create this content. Uh, we need to create these landing pages because uh, uh, if we want to cover these keywords, we need to have uh, content because Google can recognize uh, user intent, user experience. Uh, we can't promote just uh, uh, similar pages. Uh, and uh, they often reply to me, I don't know where I can find copywriters, uh, designers, uh, web developers. Uh, can you tell how do you decide such problems uh, if you have these problems? Of course, because content creation is hard, but uh, uh, it uh, you need to have experience with that. Yeah, yeah, c content creation is very hard. Um, so for me, for my clients, the most important thing for me that I start with is to uh, establish the purpose behind the activities that they're undertaking, you know, um, and a lot of, lot of times this isn't clearly defined. So it's trying to um, establish clearly, you know, what is your purpose, not not make it some kind of campaign goal, you know, the overall purpose of you as a marketing team, like this is the things that we want to be measured on um, and then establish in a way that we're going to report on that. And I think the most vital thing you can do is, you know, everyone's got monthly report in large organizations, everyone's got these monthly reports that they produce, but so rarely are these monthly reports directly related to the purpose of the team. Um, and this is, I think often teams get a little bit confused and they produce nice looking charts that a manager or senior executive is going to look at and say, oh yeah, that looks nice. But, um, you know, it's, it's not the core purpose, you know, because this isn't something that marketing teams talk about every day. Yeah, it should be, you know, people should deeply understand their purpose and have a report that clearly relates to that. And then I, I, um, I look at the ways that we can offer our customers value. You know, how can you create value and um, create the kind of content that people are going to want to share within their community and try and kind of, you know, you have your website set up that has clearly states what the purpose is, how people can get hold of you. And then you have a kind of channel strategy that's somewhat different from that. It's just providing value around that area to try and build trust uh, and try and build a community where people start talking about you as being, you know, the go-to um, for providing information around that, uh, around that area. And that will increase the organic traffic to your site and it will increase the direct traffic to your site and organic and direct traffic are the highest converting channels on your, in your Google analytics. And everyone knows that, well, not, not everyone knows, but, um, organic and direct does not mean that people have, you know, they've just stumbled upon your website or they've, you know, cause if, when you look at as well, if you look at the, the search console data for most, most large websites, like over, you know, over half of the data, uh, half of the traffic that's converting is coming from branded search terms, you know, pushing the brand is the most important thing for your company in order to increase the conversions that you've got on your website. 
So that's the kind of process I go through. Make sure you know what the purpose is, make sure you're tracking it, and then focus on building the community and building yourself as a kind of reputable provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, got it. Uh, let's talk about uh, hiring people. I mean, like freelancers, uh, in-house specialists. Uh, Uh, do you help clients to find these people? Uh, because, you know, I have some colleagues, they tell me, no, I, I, I can't help, sorry, I pay attention with something where I'm good and just tell them uh, you need to find this process. Others, no, they help, they uh, hire people. Uh, and from my experience, um, I use two approaches. Uh, sometimes I reply, I can't, sorry, because it takes time to find responsible freelancers, uh, to analyze, to test them. Uh, for example, when um, I submitted the request on Upwork, from uh, 100 uh, replies, uh, I couldn't hire even one, you know, because uh, most of them are not good, you know, they have no experience with that, they just... Uh, and. Um, And uh, when uh, I tested uh, the best uh, because of their ratings, uh, reviews, uh, I couldn't get a high quality job as well. You know, uh, for example, if I ask them, please write uh, 500 uh, words uh, article, it's all for the sake of, heavy, uh, of uh, testing, you know, not more. And yeah, most of them uh, just write some generic stuff, nothing special, mm-hmm. just rewrite the content in the top 10 results. Can you tell, uh, do you help? your uh, clients to find responsible freelancer uh, or specialist uh, and uh, how to uh, test uh, that the quality is good so with my clients i i, I will advise them on people that i've worked with before that i know are good mm-hmm. um yeah uh, and if they are in, i think it's so good when it, it shows that you're doing a good job with the marketing strategy when the clients want to hire more marketers. It shows oh, what we're doing is working and I advise them on the skills that they need to employ for and more the personality and offer to, you know, I, I've been training in-house marketers for years. So um, I say, you know, we can, I can introduce them to the process but I'm not actually involved in the hiring decisions, but that's mm-hmm. probably something that in the future I definitely would like to be involved in because, yeah, I think I've got um, expertise in that area. And as well, like most people, they hire for skills, whereas you need to hire for personalities really, you know, because every, all every marketing skill can be taught. I think pretty much my whole career has been built on things that I've learned from YouTube videos Um So any, anyone can learn. It's just whether they're willing to learn these things, you know, because things like marketing degrees, you know, it, I, I don't have a marketing degree. Of, um, it's hard to, you know, ju- and, and, you know, even if someone's got experience in another company, often they'll have to do a lot of unlearning before they'll be a successful operator for you. Um, so, yeah, it, it, recruitment is a tough one. And it's something that I would like to help more than I do at the moment. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, yeah, many clients can feel that uh, uh, marketers can do everything, you know. <laughs> they can, yeah, they can be recruiters, can uh, be editors. And, you know, I often uh, do this job because I know the results depend on that. I want to keep my customers longer. Uh, if they can't decide these problems, they just go away. And, yeah, sometimes I can help them with... Uh, 
uh, finding uh, responsible web developers, uh, copywriters, uh, designers, and um, yeah, I usually use my network and um, uh, I can search on Upwork. I, I want to share my story, by the way, when uh, I found uh, a team of copywriters uh, for a big project, uh, what we did, um, um, we found uh, 300 bloggers who wrote uh, for one topic uh, for some specific niche. Uh, then we check out uh, their uh, results, their I mean like their articles. We uh, filter out some uh, pages without traffic, without comments, uh, shares on social media. And uh, we got 100 bloggers. Uh, we reach out to them uh, and uh, 50% of them reply uh, uh, some crazy price uh, 45 percent uh, don't reply and five percent uh, told us yeah we we can handle we can cooperate and we got uh, uh free bloggers <laughs> from uh, all this list and we spent three months to find them yeah we have budget uh, clients told us okay just do this job uh, and we spent three months to find only free uh, bloggers. And yeah, uh, we cooperated for a long time with them. They wrote some good articles. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I want to tell someone uh, that it's not simple. You know, if you go yeah. to Upwork uh, <laughs> to find uh, from the first request a good freelancer, yeah, it takes time to find, yeah. to analyze, and think how you can cooperate with them. Okay. Uh, uh, you mentioned that you learned marketing from YouTube videos. Um, uh, I have some similar approaches because uh, um, uh, I didn't have a marketing degree. Uh, I got financial education, uh, but in 2008, uh, the whole crisis destroyed my first business, you know, my financial yeah. company, and I decided to change the approach. And uh, I usually read blog posts. Uh, can you tell more, uh, how do you learn marketing uh, from YouTube videos? Do you search some specific topics? Uh, you take courses uh, or you have some loving channels uh, and want to share them? So um, I think when I started, um, started out in marketing, I was doing um, kind of e e email marketing was my first real job. And um, mm -hmm. I, um, I discovered that if I learned HTML and CSS, how to code the emails that gave me like a, a little bit of a, a sort of foot up on other marketers. And it wasn't just because I found a lot of marketers that they all say the same thing because they've all seen the same sort of content. So for me, having technical skills kind of made me um, different from other other marketers and I learned those from W3 schools and Code Academy, which have both got kind of free programs on there, um, which are really great to use. I think if you want to become a sort of technical marketer, HTML is a really good place to start with it. Um, yeah, because after I learned uh, HTML, CSS, I kind of, I thought I was going to like JavaScript and everything like that, but I. I never kind of made that jump. Instead, I went more the analytics route, uh, tag manager, uh, search console, just you know, learning how to use the Google products. And all of them have so many great videos. Um, I mean, I think probably the one that I've watched the most is Measure School um, for tag management. It's excellent, really. Um, there, there is another one, A Analytics Mania, I think it's called. Like, yeah, just really good videos. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's too many to mention because I, I watched a lot of videos to understand the kind of basics of um, marketing and kind of basics of using these specific tools. But out and out, the best way to learn is to have a project that you're working on uh, and then having the freedom to kind of experiment with the things you're learning. So. Yeah, I think acting is the best approach to learn anything, you know, <laughs> learning it, it only shows the way, generic yeah. way. And in most cases, it doesn't work. You know, you need to adapt, <laughs> to test, to change something. And yeah, you can do it through experience. Uh, okay, when you've learned uh, all this stuff, when you got this knowledge, what was the next step? Uh, you started to search for uh, clients. Uh, how uh, you actually uh, act uh, on, on that way? Yeah. So um, I think I, I, when I learned these tools, I was, um, you know, a lot of it was in my free time. I was working full time. And I think the next step after you learn something is to try and teach someone else. So I was lucky because I was working in these tools, you know, even though it's something that I only learned last week, I was the expert. I was getting up in front of the marketing team and showing them how to kind of use these skills as well because that really kind of makes sure that you know what you're talking about you know you get found out quite quickly if you're trying to teach someone and you don't know what you're doing um yeah so that that was really good and um you know I kind of developed all of these skills and in in at the end of 2019 a friend of mine said um can you run a PPC for my company because he was doing it he wasn't getting they they, they were getting what he thought was good results, but he knew he didn't have time to manage it. So he asked me if I'd have a look at it. And I said, well, I've never done it before, but yeah, okay, I'll have a look. And, you know, just from taking a more, uh, I'd obviously been analyzing data a lot in all of my roles. And yeah, that kind of gave me a good basis for to start doing this, um, you know, looking at the results, testing what was working. And like, it just had such good results that, I, you know, I didn't really have the self-belief, I don't think, until, you know, five months down the line when I was like, oh, my God, he's getting twice as much, as many quotes coming in per month as he was before. Uh, he's, he's winning, like, you know, they're up 40% in business. And I was like, okay, like, maybe maybe I can do this for other people. And then, you know, I started just reaching out to people on, on LinkedIn, um, which didn't go particularly well. Uh Then I started getting recommendations from my other clients, which I understood, oh, actually, this is the way that, um, because of the recommendations, you know, like I'd win sort of most of them rather than, you know, you approach people on LinkedIn, you don't win many of them at all. Can't even get them on a call. Whereas like the recommendations, pretty much all of them get on a call with you and then half of them will become your, your, um, your customers after that. So that really made me think like actually that that should change the way that we do marketing. Um, you know, most, most the, the way that people find out about new companies and new tools to use is through recommendations and, you know, social media gives you the opportunity to build these communities at scale. Um, so that's really something that you should be um, taking advantage of. And rather than, doing the LinkedIn outreach, which didn't go well. And I think, yeah, I don't, it possibly hurt my, I mean, I didn't approach that many people, but it hurt my reputation to the few that I did. Um, then I thought, well, maybe if I just start sharing value and again, on my homepage, I make sure that I tell people what I'm doing, a link to my website. 
and then that will generate kind of more inbound inquiries, um, which it did. So, yeah, that's the kind of way it grew for me. It was never something I intended, right, I'm going to do this. Um, it just kind of yeah, fell into doing it a little bit. And as well with the extra free time that I had in 2020, I was able to kind of run that on the side. So, um, yeah, so, you know, some good things have come out of lockdown, I suppose. Yeah, got it. Um, yeah, interesting story. Uh, can you tell your predictions in uh, for 2022? Uh, what kind of marketing you expect to see and uh, uh, your goals for 2022? So, you know, it, it's just the, the goals that I have. I try not to set, as I said, I don't like running things on campaigns. It's just, you know, the, the goal for me is always the same. It's to grow and learn and to help more uh, more, more people grow their companies as well because uh, it's really good for me working with these kind of small businesses as well that, you know, because it makes such an impact to their, you know, their personal lives. So, you know, lets people like, if they, they get more income coming in, lets them spend less time working, more time with their families. And that's the kind of thing that really motivates me, you know, getting to know my customers in that way. Uh, and also, you know, getting meaningful reports for the larger clients because a lot of them haven't had this ever basically they've been reporting on these vanity metrics for so long that when they get something that's actually connected to their objectives they they realize oh god this is so important so yeah just just carry on growing and um yeah c- carry on learning myself uh, working with more people you know i'm uh, i like to be a social person uh so it's nice for me to interact with more people and maybe do more conversations like this as well because I've enjoyed this podcast. So thanks for asking me on. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, John, John for, uh, yeah, for sharing your value, taking this time, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, can, uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah. So um, if you check out my website, which is luckypromotion.co.uk, then you can find a bit more about uh, what we do there. Uh, also, if you look me up on LinkedIn, um, you know, if you just search John Luck, um, I think my, God, I can't think what the URL is, but if you do John Luck Digital Marketing, that should find me. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, reach out to uh, John, Leon, follow him, you know, yeah, because you can get a lot of valuable insights. Thanks a lot again for your time, for uh, sharing all these insights. I'm going to use someone from your tips and uh, thanks guys for listening and watching us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.